In a stadium rich with tradition, the lights shine the brightest. This is The Camp. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome into The Camp. Still a few weeks out from Big Ten Media Days. Loop down there, doing a few shows. Plenty to get to today. We'll talk about Jesse's experience at Squat Fest, but we'll start with the commitment of Emilio Agar on Saturday nights. Uh, an epic reveal from the cornerback out of Philadelphia. No Badger hats on the table, bunch of blue bloods on the table. And then all of a sudden, jump around starts playing. Bucky comes out and he is Wisconsin bound. Um, I don't think it was a surprise for anybody, but it was a hell of a way to announce that you were coming to Wisconsin. Yeah, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it big. I haven't seen it done that way. So of all the reveal videos or announcements, that's a new one. Uh, so props to him for them getting <laughs> right. that thing set up. Right. Uh, Bucky coming out and slapping all the other hats off the table. Um, that was pretty good. It's a hell of a way, a way to commit. Pretty impressive. The player himself. Also pretty impressive, a composite four-star cornerback. I believe the second-highest-rated cornerback Wisconsin's ever gotten a commitment from in the recruiting rankings era. He's a little bit different size-wise than some of the other guys that they've recruited or that they've usually used. He listed himself at 5'11", 173. We'll see what that looks like. But Emilio Agard, is a, uh, it's a big pickup for Wisconsin. Yeah, it absolutely is. This is the kind of talent that Wisconsin's new coaching staff is starting to bring in at that position. Um, again, you can take the composite ratings with a, a grain of salt. It doesn't guarantee success in college, but it is an indication of where people believe someone is at uh, at this stage of their high school career. And now Wisconsin has four-star cornerbacks and back-to-back recruiting classes after getting Amare Snowden signed in the 2023 class. Snowden, obviously a much different body type, 6'3", uh, long and lanky, and Agard is 5'10", or 5'11", but he comes from a fantastic program in Philadelphia, St. Joseph's Prep School, that has won four of the last five state championships out there, just crushed its opponent 42-7 to to win another state title in December. And Agard, his first start, in high school at the varsity level was the state championship game as a freshman in 2020. Um, and th- to give you an idea of the type of program he plays for on that team, two of his teammates were quarterback Kyle McCord and wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. who play for Ohio State. So a very good program, someone who understands what it takes to win uh, and who has been highly productive. He hasn't uh, allowed a touchdown uh, at the at the high school level at this point. So um he could have gone anywhere, obviously. He had 30-plus offers, uh, a number of great schools. You mentioned the the five hats he had on the table. Um, you know, I, I know I, you never know what's actually committable and what isn't, but uh, some very highly regarded programs, and, and he's coming to Wisconsin. And the other part here that's noteworthy is this is now the fourth prospect from the state of Pennsylvania that's committed in this class. That's never happened before in the online recruiting rankings era, which began in 1999. So Colin Hitchler and the crew are doing great work out there. And that was something when I talked to Agar that he mentioned as well, that Hitchler, it makes sense because he's from Philly. He understands where these kids are coming from. And he said that um, Colin Hitchler is a big part of why I love Wisconsin. I know he also talked about what separates him uh, from other corners. Because again, he's not necessarily probably 
the biggest guy, but he he told you there are things that can separate him from anybody else. Yeah, he said, if you watch my film, my technique stands out more than my athletic ability. And he talked about how explosive he was and said, nobody's going to route me up. That's very rare, which means he doesn't get beat very often. And um, he obviously has been blessed with great ability, but also works at it. And he, he mentioned that he actually started training at 10 years old. His dad put him into a, a training session with a guy named Keita Crespina, who's a former Temple defensive back. And while some kids were just kind of learning uh, the basics of football, he was learning how to be a great defensive player at a very young age. And so I think that's another part of why he's been able to have a lot of success over his last two seasons as a sophomore and junior, he's got 29 pass breakups. So um, obviously when you watch highlights, it's only going to be the good things, but you can see the skill set is there. And so a really important pickup. And, uh, you know, we, we could get into this, but Wisconsin's recruiting class in 2024 is really shaping up to be um, a very strong class. It is shaping up that way. They have missed on a few guys, right? Some yes. Of the, a few guys that they wanted, certainly along the defensive line specifically. There are other guys out there. Um, they still only have one running back. Do you want to talk about the positive stuff or do you want to talk about what is still out there and that needs to be got, gotten? Because I think we've talked a lot about the positive aspect of this class and where it's and where it's trending towards. Mm-hmm. Now, what I mean, what is still out there and what do they still need? Yeah, well, obviously the top two and and uh are running back and, and defensive line. And when I talked to Luke Fickle for that uh story on recruiting, he acknowledged that fully. Those were the the top two needs and he talked about that especially defensive line that was a position that wisconsin was going to quote ride the roller coaster with end quote is what he talked about and when you're getting in on guys that have four other official visits scheduled or three other official visits scheduled and they're all power five programs it that that is what ends up happening is there's no guarantees and these guys are going to see it through but defensive line specifically i think is an area that Wisconsin clearly needs to shore up. Now they've got one commitment from three-star Hank Weber from Tennessee, but a lot of these guys that took officials are now off the board and they're not going to Wisconsin. Dominic Nichols committed to Michigan, Joe Barna committed to Illinois. Um, Both those guys took officials. Um, Benedict Uma is trending towards Stanford. Dominic Kirks is off the board. So, you know, Liam Andrews is still in play. Uh, he took officials to Penn State, Wisconsin, and South Carolina. But that's obviously, to me, the, the the position that you're looking at the most. And running back, too. But I feel as though Wisconsin is in a much better position with the running backs that have taken official visits. Darian Dupree, Dylan Jones. Dupree has said that he's going to be announcing on July 7th um, two four-star players. To me, I think Wisconsin is in pretty good shape at running back. We'll have to see what the ultimate decision is for those guys. But Defensive line is one where you, you would really like to shore it up even more. Is this a situation where um, they are going to have to attack the portal again? I think it's a possibility. And and obviously that's not for, for quite some time, but that's another thing that, that Fickle talked about in, in recruiting in general is if you have some misses and he used it in the context of not going at, not kind of overstretching and going after kids just to go after them. Uh, because you do have this buffer here where when you get to the the transfer portal window, you can assess your needs and, and go from there. But um, again, the, the cycle is not done yet, but if they don't add more, absolutely, I think that's a route that they would have to go. You just look at their roster. 
Isaiah Mullins, Gio Paez, Rodas Johnson, Isaac Townsend are all seniors next season. Now Mullins is, is coming back for an extra year. The other guys could have the option to uh, think with the COVID year would be able to come back, but you, you just, you, you don't know what's going to happen. But the point is they've got, they've got a fair number of seniors and need to balance it out and need to build depth for the future. So one way or another, they have to do it. I, I would say, I think, I mean, I've, I couldn't have been more impressed with the conversations we've had so far with defensive line coach, Greg Scruggs. He comes off as personable, funny, obviously knowledgeable about coaching the position. And he did an excellent job of bringing Jamel Howard back into the fold to get his commitment in 2023. Um, But defensive line is always a really challenging position has been for a long time, especially for Wisconsin. So we'll see where they end up going, but I, I certainly wouldn't rule out transfer portal down the road if you need it. Well, that's again, that's the thing that can kind of, help you right like it's it's one of those things that you can lean on if you miss in high school recruiting and uh, right now you could make the argument that they've missed in on high school recruiting when it comes to the defensive line um at this point there there's still plenty of time left these guys aren't signing until december wisconsin's gonna play a lot of football before then and and who knows what happens kids aren't staying committed all the time Uh, it's possible they could flip a commit or two and then we're looking at this differently. I, I'm wondering for you, this was a, a big thing, maybe not a big thing, but it was a something that was talked about um, in, in various places. Uh, Greg Scruggs tweeting. I don't know if you, okay. I don't know if you've seen his tweets. Um, <laughs> it looks like was, they could have been DMS or something. <laughs> they, well, DMS or they could have just been in reaction to a guy choosing another school. Um, again, it'd be total speculation on our part, so I'm not going to do it, but I'm just going to bring it up and, and leave it out there for everybody else to think about. Um, Back-to-back tweets on June 24th, you and then okay, tough guy. And if they were meant to be DMs, you would think they would have been deleted at this point. Um, they are not deleted. They're still there. And again, that was around the time that some of these defensive linemen were going and committing elsewhere. So who knows? Who knows? We uh, we know that he is a passionate guy, right? And some of the – we know that when he was down in Chicago recruiting, we, we he was t- tweeting out some stuff too – how I'm coming for him and all that, all that stuff. That's again, as I said, I'm not going to speculate on it. I just thought it was interesting. I don't know what your feeling is on it. I don't have any feelings because without context, I just don't even know that I can comment, but you're right there. They're still up there a week or two later. Yeah. So either way, uh, I think he's, his passion comes through. Like it's impossible to deny the passion for it. And um, he's been in college before he's recruited college before. I have no doubts that they're going to get guys. This, this class, this particular one hasn't, they haven't been able to, to land uh, some of the ones they've been after. And they've been, and the guys that they went after very highly touted kids too. Yeah. So um, it wasn't like they were going against nobody to try and get these kids, but um, it's tough. It's tough. The transfer portal was good to them in this past class. And I assume it's a very good possibility. It'll, it'll be in that next class as well as they continue to turn over the roster one more thing on the running backs and we've talked about this a bunch do you take both if they want to come dupree and dylan i would (laughs) um do you think wisconsin would yeah i I do think which one do you think they and which one did you think they would want more well i mean the thing is they've been recruiting dupree for a a long time that he came in uh, junior day in january and came back in the spring it feels like he's been the top of their board. Um, so I would gather that he'd probably be the the one just feeling. because just because they've been on him so long. But if you yeah. have the chance to get two four-star running backs, and again, 
the the running back room after this season is going to need a lot of help. Um, three in one class to me is a little unusual. Um, I think Wisconsin did it a couple of years ago. It didn't really work out because you have a couple guys who are no longer with the program. Um, but but you also have a situation where Chesma Lucy's done after this year, Braylon Allen presumably going to the NFL draft, and then you're left with three scholarship running backs who would be coming back, uh, Jackson Aker, Cade Yacomelli, and Nate White, who's going to be an incoming freshman this year. So if you can just get all the talent <laughs> in one class, then you do it. Um, but uh, remains to be seen what what's going to happen with those guys. Yep. It, again, the the it is the dead period in recruiting right now. Uh, I believe that goes till the twenty fourth. So there's like there's no official visits. There's not a there's not a ton going on. It's guys really just locking in and making decisions at this point. So we'll see. We'll see uh, what comes. We know that uh, as you mentioned, a number of these guys have announced they're making decisions within the next week or so, and so we'll have a better, uh, clearer idea on where they're going to end up going. There was also a uh, another big thing for the program on Friday, and that is something that's called Squat Fest. Uh, Brady Collins' uh, child, Squat Fest, maybe? <laughs> no? All right. He's got kids of his own. I mean, he's, he's got kids. This is, it's maybe his, I don't know how many kids he has, but it felt like it, one of his babies. And uh, he did it at Cincinnati. He brought it to Wisconsin. You had an opportunity to go and check it out. It looked crazy from the film. Or I should say from the, uh, the tweets and the social media that was coming out of it. It looked crazy. Uh, what was your uh, impression of Squat Fest? My impression was that uh, it, it lived up to the hype. It's something that I know players have heard quite a bit about because it's something that Brady started when he was at Cincinnati. The thing is... Um, when Brady initially came up with this, it was just, uh, it's going to be a big max out day. This was when he was at Cincinnati. We're going to squat a bunch of weight. And every year it got crazier and crazier. And uh, he felt like this one really kind of took the cake, but now it'll be up to him and his staff to figure out how to top it next year. What they had was, I mean, it's, it's in the weight room. Um, they had a DJ that they brought in from Chicago. They had a, uh, like a light service company that they brought in from Milwaukee. And so they had a, a bunch of different colored lights. They had strobe lights, they had red and white uh, lights over the weight racks. And obviously the music was, uh, was blasting for hours and hours. Is it still ringing in your ears right now? Um, fortunately I have recovered, but I, I will <laughs> admit that, uh, that there was a, a little stretch when I left the weight room where I, I, I was probably a little disoriented, but, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's like, the idea is it gives these guys something to look forward to. It's, it's an event. And the way Brady looks at it is it's something they'll be able to look back on years and years from now and, and have a story to tell. Um, cause it's just, it's different and you've got to do something to kind of, uh, separate what can be a grind, frankly. I mean, you just, lifting a bunch of weights it's it sometimes i think that can be mundane but he's always looking for something to mix it up um and so it wasn't just max out on squats everybody had a little bit different uh job that they were tasked with some guys it was it was reps of five and what can you get but the thing that i thought was interesting is um like the teamwork and the camaraderie because i, I had a chance to watch braylon do his squats and i know this was in one of the videos he was wearing this this like black plastic mask. Um, and um, he, I think he hit the number that he was going to hit 
And because the music was blasting and the players around him were screaming, you could see him shake his head. He's like, I'm not done yet. And he kept going. <laughs> and, and that's, I think part of what this is about is, uh, is just pushing guys beyond their limits. So it was fun. I guess it's kind of silly, but it's something that people look forward to every year. And and now they're on a little bit of break here with the 4th of uh, July holiday, and they'll come back and, and get after it again. Did you get a chance to talk to any of the players? Yeah, I talked to uh, Ches Malusi afterward, Michael Fertney, and Will Pauling, who got to experience this when he was at Cincinnati, and then Brady as well. Um, I mean, the guys love it. It's... Uh, for the the ones who hadn't experienced it, they had a lot of questions for Brady because they didn't know what it was going to be. Like, are you, is, are we just squatting? Is it, is it a normal weight room workout? And, and Brady was like, no, it's going to be a little bit different. And they had, uh, they had a bunch of different stuff. There was one section in the back where they had like, uh, punching bags and they gave a group the boxing gloves and on the bag, they had the logo of every team that Wisconsin was going to play. <laughs> and so they were just like punching the crap out of it. Um, so, so yeah, those were the guys that, uh, had a chance to talk to. And of course they all loved it. Yeah, I bet. Um, I know that, uh, when you guys talked to Brady as well, and this maybe is a, a bigger topic, he offered up some 40 numbers for guys from this, yeah. from this, uh, from this summer. Yeah. Um, he said that, uh, Chimray DK ran a four, four, six, 40. That's blazing. I was not expecting that. I was yeah. not expecting that. That, that yeah. is faster than I thought because we have, I've been asked like, you know, what do you think about Tim Ray DK and his NFL potential? And I'm like, well, I think it all comes down to kind of like what he runs. And if he's going to run a four, four, six, he's got NFL potential. Uh, he's a really good route runner. He can catch the ball. Um, this is, I think he's going to have a, a big year. He's going to have a lot of opportunities and, uh, you know, we kind of saw what he could do against Northwestern, but my goodness, if he's running a four, four, six, and that's, that's real. That's really, really good for, for a kid his size. It's hard to know what those numbers mean sometimes. Like I always think about the pro days that Wisconsin has and they run it on the indoor turf and it's way faster than what it was when the guys went to the uh, NFL combine. Yeah, um, but I, I that used to be the case because the turf inside the McLean Center was different. Like like Brian Calhoun would run something, ran like a 4.6 and then he came here and ran like a 4.3. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is the, the, the turf that's in the McLean center is the same that is in Indy. The, the difference obviously being is you don't have the pressure on you. So I, I don't know about the, I, the, the times matter, but I don't think it's as big of a deal as it was 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Like you're more comfortable in the McLean center. You're probably going to run a better time. The, the turf is not in my opinion, nearly as big of a deal as it used to be. I mean, you, you've been on the turf in Indy. It's the exact same, it's the exact same stuff that's on camp Randall. Yeah, I have. Um, I mean, I don't, I wasn't there to witness the timing mechanism, like, you know, yeah. who's, who's timing it? How is it timed? But either way, it's the numbers are impressive. The other ones that he threw out there, and these are some burners, but Will Pauling, he said, ran a 4.39. Zoom, Chase zoom. Arnold ran a 4.38. Mm. Uh, and he said that Braylon, who's 245 pounds, ran a 4.6. Um, my God, I wouldn't want to be standing in the hole trying to tackle that guy going downhill like that. But Two, uh, 245, is that, is that about what he was last year? Or is he, I thought he, I I thought he, he gained about 235. Yeah, he gained. Um, I, I was talking to Brady uh, not too long ago for uh, a story, and he said that 
like when he got Braylon, I think he was like, I don't know what he said, 233, 235 or something like that. And uh, he he just wanted to give Braylon a chance to get acclimated to this new weightlifting and uh, offseason regimen. And like a few months <laughs> later, he's spring practice is starting. He's 245 or 243 or whatever. And I mean, Brady's just like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, he's obviously a physical specimen. We've known that since he was in high school, but he's clearly taken what he's been uh, offered here at Wisconsin and and, uh, taken every advantage of it. I, I, it's going to be really interesting to see what he's able to do this season in this offense, given what he's been able to do this off season uh, off the field. And he's a guy that loves the weight room. Yes. Like just, just loves being in there. We saw that in high school, but when guys love to be in the weight room, it turns into results like this, I think. As you said, he's, he was a physical specimen coming in, but when you love it that much and you are willing to work it, it probably shouldn't be a surprise he was able to put on that kind of weight uh, and and do it that quickly. So it's impressive um, at 4'6", at that, at that weight. You know what's going to happen, though, right? Uh, to get it to into the 4'5s, low 4'5s or high 4'4s, he's going to drop weight going into the combine next year isn't that what isn't mm-hmm. that what always happens no probably uh i mean look the other big backs at wisconsin did not love working out the way that braylon Allen likes working out like john clay did not enjoy <laughs> uh being in the weight room and, and working out pj clay pj hill did not enjoy that type of thing um and and obviously braylon's a different back but i doubt he's going to be losing a ton of weight to do that and he doesn't need to like if if those guys had put in the effort that they did in the lead up to the combine, they would have been uh, like ridiculous. And John Clay won a Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year award in 2009. But if he was anywhere close to like the just the effort put into it as as Braylon has, um, I think he could have been an all timer. He's a pretty good player, anyways. But he could he could have been an all timer. All right. There was also some uh, negative news that came out last Friday on the same day that Squat Fest, all the hype around Squat Fest was happening. Um, it kind of took the it didn't took it it didn't take a ton of shine away uh from what was happening but um it certainly did open some eyes and that is the suspension of Jordan Turner Wisconsin's starting inside linebacker their second leading tackler from last year the uh, suspension announcement came out and then we're all like well what's going on and um as we are want to do in these situations you immediately go to CCAP uh, you go to the Wisconsin Circuit Court website and see, gosh, did Jordan Turner get in trouble for something? And you see on there that he had been pulled over for going 47 miles per hour over the speed limit uh, down in Rock County in early June. Like, that's bad, but I don't know if that's suspension worthy. And uh, minutes later, he sent out a post talking about how he had been pulled over for his first OWI uh, recently and all their other traffic violations um, so he is suspended. It's not a suspension from the football team. It's a, it's a athletic department suspension and it's an automatic suspension. I know WI has been added to the, the, the policy that it, that was not there prior to this. I believe uh, it was a couple of years ago that Josh Sheltzner got a OWI or, and no one knew about it. Um, it went kind of under the under the radar, and there were people up in arms in it. And I think uh, Chris McIntosh ended up closing the loophole around that whole situation. And um, Jordan Turner now suspended from competition and practice until an investigation can be completed. He's still on the team, still on the roster, still able to use the weight room, still able to do all the things that um, they're doing right now. He just can't practice or play. Um, it's not a great look. I feel like in Wisconsin, sometimes it probably gets 
brushed on not not University of Wisconsin, talking the state of Wisconsin because of the, the culture in uh in Wisconsin. Sometimes DUIs or or OWIs are not viewed particularly harshly. And I think I've gotten that kind of feeling from fans regarding this, but obviously a, a really, really bad look for Jordan Turner. Well, my first reaction is thank goodness that nobody else got hurt based on yeah. at least what we know right now, because it's one thing to get a speeding ticket for going 15 over or 25 over. If you're going 47, 47. miles an hour <laughs> over the speed limit, and let's say let's say the speed limit was 55, that means you're going 102 miles an hour. And if it's 65, you're going 112 miles an hour. I think it was obviously go ahead. I think I think it was 70 miles an hour because I think it was I assume it was on the interstate coming up in Rock County coming up from the Chicago area, probably coming home from Michigan. I don't know. um, Or coming back from Michigan. But if it was 70. Right. That makes it 117 miles an hour, which is just obviously reckless and dangerous. And um, so that that's my first thought there. Um, And Jordan uh, apologized in this release that he put out on social media saying that his parents raised him to do the right things and in life. And unfortunately this time he didn't, I mean, he, he acknowledged it and said that he made the wrong decision and that he was disappointed and embarrassed and wanted to personally apologize to his parents, teammates, coaches, fans in the university of Wisconsin, and that he vows to be a better man going forward. So it, it's, it's a first offense. It's a, obviously an, an awful thing that happened. Um, and he, will I think probably have to work to to earn back some trust, I think just with uh, the university, but I, I don't know what this means for him going forward in terms of when, once fall camp starts, um, obviously it's, I think more newsworthy from a, a fan perspective or a big 10 perspective, because it's someone who happens to be a starter at a key position at Wisconsin, a guy who was the defensive MVP of the guaranteed rate bowl, but um not a great situation all the way around. And obviously Wisconsin is, is addressing it by, um, by suspending him from competition and practice right now. Right. Again, it, it's not anything. It, it's not like the severity of what he did. It's, it's in the policy, right? Like, I mean, it's an automatic suspension now. And th- as part of this policy, it, it's not like they have a choice as to whether to suspend him or not. It's part of their policy in the past. Yeah. It, it wasn't is all I'm saying. Um, so no matter what he, he, uh, has been suspended. I honestly don't, I mean, if you're Luke fickle, what do you do? And again, we don't know all the details at this point. Um, there hasn't been, you know, we don't have the, you don't have the police report. And I think, uh, getting that here relatively soon, you don't have that. And so you don't know exactly the details surrounding it, but if it's just an OWI, you got pulled over, it's an OWI. I mean, he, are you suspending him for a half? What, did, what didn't uh, Seltzer get benched for for a game? I I can't remember. Maybe or maybe a half or maybe a first drive. I thought it was something. Yeah, he didn't. St- he, maybe he didn't start. I don't know. I'll, I'll go back and look. I, I tried looking for it before. I could not find it. But um, what, what would you do? I honestly. I don't know. Um, I I feel like uncomfortable speculating just because like, it's not my program. And I, I honestly don't, I don't know. Um, Again, you you don't know the details, right? So we don't know the exact details of of everything that comes into it. I think that probably plays a role in a role in it. I'm like, 
I'd say a half at this point. Like if I, what I know right now, I would say a half, but again, we'll know more details and Wisconsin certainly understands the details probably better than we do at this point. So, um, I guess you leave that to Luke Fickle, right? His program, he can he can do what he wants yeah. with it. I imagine if it was yeah, probably a long time ago, um, it probably wouldn't it it probably wouldn't be viewed like it is now. Um, so, either way, uh, Wisconsin still has a few weeks here before um, Big Ten media days get going in Chicago. Are you looking? Oh, excuse me, in Indianapolis. Are you looking forward to going down there? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I don't know which players we're going to get to talk to, but uh, there will be Badgers represented. <laughs> so um, it'll be good. It's it's always like the kickoff to the season and energy and enthusiasm has never been higher here. So let's do it. Obviously, it's a little longer drive, but that's just some inside baseball that nobody cares about. And then obviously, I, they'll be I out of Platteville. Yeah, I hate it, actually. I I, I, I love that I, I love that it's in Indianapolis. I wish it was just the distance to Chicago. Um, but uh, again, I don't, it is what it is. What's your favorite part of going? I mean, do you have a favorite part of big 10 media days? Is it just knowing that the season's right around the corner, even though sometimes that's not always the greatest thing. <laughs> I don't know how to answer this, Zach, uh, going golfing before the event, maybe. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to get down there and, and, and get a few holes in. <laughs> I mean, it's good because, um, usually there's an opportunity to talk to these guys one-on-one at least in my experience in years past and that stuff's extremely valuable because that's when you get really good insight into these guys and and for my purposes being able to to tell a a little bit different story so um i like that um obviously you're maybe learning some new information about the team especially when we have a chance to talk to luke fickle but uh i mean that's that's what it's for It's, it's for that uh that short period of time when you actually get to to talk to the players and and fickle. Yeah. And it's also a good opportunity to catch up with people too, like a non non work thing, but uh, catch up with people that you haven't seen in, uh, in several months in most cases. Um, So yeah, again, Wisconsin be there on the Thursday of that week. Right. So it's the 26th and 27th and Wisconsin will be there down there on the 27th, I believe two days, of course, uh, it is going to be interesting, though. Like we have spent the last <laughs> seven years, eight years, uh, listening to Paul Christ on the on uh, up on the podium, and then you know him doing his thing, and it, it didn't get a ton out of those for the most part. There was there was one year where we got to go. This is behind the scenes where he invited everybody that was there to like a sit down, and I thought that was more enlightening. But just th- those big group interviews are just not something that you're going to get a ton from would you agree i would in the past at least yeah in the past um luke fickle a little bit more open all right we'll be back next week uh we will have some recruited to talk about one way or the other whether it's good or bad for wisconsin as uh, several guys are making their decisions uh until then jesse thank you very much thanks zach all right you've been listening to the camp